0: good Friday afternoon. I hope that your Friday is going really, really well. Ours is going pretty well. We have some family coming in this, this afternoon. Uh, we have a big shower tomorrow to, uh, get ready for a precious baby to be born. So shout out to Catherine. We're excited for that. Yeah. And I just want to say thank you guys, uh, all of you that read, uh, Parenting During the Winter. My, my blog post, um, that, that I had posted that told you, you know, that it was the magazine, um, Magazine article, so yeah, thank you for all your kind words. I mean, I, I was pretty pleased with it. Um, it was it was very different, you know, di- very different style for me. Um, I, I normally don't, you know, I normally don't uh, write real flowery and I don't know, eloquent like that. But um, anyway, I did, and, and I just it was good for me. It was good for me to learn that I can do that if I have to, and also of course it was a good experience just for me to get all of those feelings out, you know, and then the story that I told about about. Uh, my son Riley, um, so you know if you didn't if you didn't have a chance to read the blog, he went through um, a very difficult time this past year. I'll just give you a little bit of, of history there. Um, first, I just want to talk a little bit about him. He was a miracle baby, and not that all babies are not miracles. But I was basically told that I would never have children. We had already um, had a miscarriage with in vitro. Went along, you know. He came, and um, so we knew from the start, or I I for sure that he, you know, that God had a special plan for his life. Um, He was that was prayed over him several times as an infant, as a child, and so we we knew that. And um, so that was one of the things that was really hard, you know, about being a single mom for me was that I. You know, I had this real chip on my shoulder that I felt like, he, you know, he was never gonna reach his potential now, you know, cause he wasn't gonna have a father in the home and all those things. Now he has a very close relationship with his dad, but he doesn't live in the city. Um, and he loves his dad and, and all that's good. But you know, I was just devastated. Just thinking, okay, here you give me this miracle baby and now now look at what we've got. And I had a really um, great friend come to me and, and pray with me about that. And you know, she was a parent and she was married. She said, look, two parents in the home are not enough. You still have to have God. And, and so I, you know, I tried to really grab onto that, um, that I was gonna be able to do this. But you know, honest to God, um, Raleigh's personality is very, very different from mine. And so the beginning of his life, the first few years were just hilarious looking back because I had no idea what to do with him. <laughs> you know, I'm an extrovert, I'm a risk taker, um, and he's an introvert, and he is absolutely not a risk taker. I always, you know, pick on him that he came out of the womb, you know, a 45-year-old man. And that's just that's just him. You know, he's he is wonderful he is is kind he is loving he's he's a people pleaser he is extremely bright he's very reflective in the way that he thinks um but he he is he's an introvert and he um doesn't take risks like his mother does and so it was really hard for me and um when he was about five i had a pastor's wife just really pour into me you know I, i was divorced by then and just you know struggling in all the ways, and she just really spent time with me, and she told me one day, she said, you know, you have got to let Riley be Riley. You've got to let him be, the, the the child the boy and then eventually the man that god has created him to be you can't because i was i was steady trying to change him trying to make him be a risk taker i mean i've got so many hilarious stories i could tell you about that but you know it, that really that really got into my spirit what she was saying and i began to be able to to do that um i would still laugh and there were so many things about him you know that i worried about socially i was worried he wasn't gonna have any friends i mean even to the point of when he left for college i was like oh please hide your crazy just for a couple of weeks you know to make sure you're gonna get friends but you know, the funny thing is um, when he hit middle school, which all, all times happens to, to our kids and actually does, is he he got more social. You know, he realized, hey, I, friends are cool. And he got involved in the band, and so he had a, had a group to identify with. And so he, as an introvert, began to be kind of more like an extroverted introvert. I mean, he still, you know, refreshes alone, and it's fine just him and himself in a book and, you know. Son, you, you need a support group for, for your book buying. But anyway, that, that's for a different podcast. But, um, you know, he, he put himself out there more, and he, he just began to just enjoy school, enjoy people. And, you know, we just sat back and watched, you know, I mean, he was, um, like I said, very bright. Uh, he was very popular with his classmates. His teachers loved him because he was a hard worker and smart and all of those things. And so he enjoyed a lot of success in school. Um, it was almost like everything he did, you know, it was a success. And so, you know, as a parent, you love that. You know, you, you want your kids to be successful, but there's this little part of you that knows that one day that's not going to be the case. And, and you know because you've been through it yourself, right? I mean, you also know that it's important for them to have those things that, that you know, that maybe they don't succeed in, or maybe it was, it was a flop or whatever because it builds their character, right? Then you know all of this in your head. But it's different when it happens and so as he prepared you know he, he grew up in a really small uh, small school here in the town that we live in and was kind of like the big the big fish in the little pond and so he went to a very large um State University here in Texas, Giga Maggie's, very large. And so I really thought that that experience of, you know, oh gosh, not everything I do is going to turn to gold would happen at college. And so I really talked to him about that. I said, you know, son, you're going into a situation where you're not going to be the big fish in the little pond anymore. And all of the fish, so to speak, are the same caliber. And, you know, you may not be, you know, number one anymore. And I really expected that. I really expected Texas A&M to be that situation for him, and it wasn't. I mean, we just watched him. He got involved in all these things, and student government, and, you know, fish camp counselor, and he won writing contests. You know, he's an English major. And we were just amazed. Like, and it was awesome. I mean, and we celebrated every time, but at the back of my mind, I keep thinking, oh, gosh, the older he gets, the harder this is going to be. And sure enough, that brings us kind of to where the um, writing, that my post starts. Um last year was a very very difficult year for him and any one of the three things that he went through alone would have been devastating but together it just i mean it was almost it was horrible uh he had a surgical wound that would not heal it actually healed this past september which makes it two years and one month after the original surgery uh, he had to go to wound care all his entire last year of college, so that was hard enough. You know, can, if you can imagine a 20-year-old kid trying to navigate doctors and doing all of those things and having to to really be diligent about getting that done, um, and just the pain. And he had multiple surgeries, you know, after the original surgery to try to do something. It was just crazy, and we still don't even understand why it happened. We, we don't. Then he had... Um, you know, he decided that he wanted to get a master of fine arts in 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 writing, for you know a graduate a graduate degree. Uh, those are very very competitive. A lot of those schools only you know take less than ten kids a, a year. But you know, at this point, he didn't have any reason to believe that he wasn't going to be one of those ten. I mean, that's just how everything had gone. And you know, sure enough, we watched him when he was rejected by all ten. So he's got the wound that's not healing. Now he's been rejected for his you know all of all of the grad schools that he applied to. And so now he's got to figure out what he's going to do. You know, and then the kicker or the the terrible topping of the three terrible things that happened where a relationship that he was in uh, really thought he was going to marry this girl. They'd been together three years, left him for another guy in the middle of all that. And so I'm just telling you, like, I'm, I am flattened. I am gutted. I am, you know, just can't believe, you know, what's happened. And it's like, okay, I knew this was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to be like this. Like, I didn't think all of these things. And you know, sometimes when when those things happen in our lives, you know, it's so crazy. It's so unbelievable that you know that God is at work. But when you're 22, you don't have enough life experience to just bounce back like that and it would still I mean if those if three devastating things happened to me now at 51 it would be it would still be hard so i mean this was terrible and i'm gutted i mean i'm on the floor crying out to god like what are you doing like let up like you can't handle all of this and you know i would try so hard to have these conversations with him about you know god's got something better but you know at 22 those eyes just glaze over and it's like no poor woman you you're i, I pity you you don't understand my life is over and you know we know that that's not the truth because we've been through enough time god has been there enough in our defeat and what we think is defeat and failure, but it's just a turn, you know, it's it's a turn in a different direction, but it's, it's, he was too, he just didn't get it. So that was, that was about the time, you know, that I wrote the post and it was hard. It, It was so hard, you know, and I, what I began to do was to blame myself. You know, it's like, God, there, this has got to be my fault. And that was always a difficult thing for me, not just about, you know, his personality um, being different from mine and, and not even just being a single mom, but it's just kind of like, you know, God, I I I, I want him to have it all. I, that parents, you know, kids with two parents at home, I, you know, so it was just kind of like, I I have to do this on my own. I have to do this in my own strength and, I, strength. and I really had to fight that, you know, raising him. I really had to stop and remember, no, God, you know, you've said, you know, that you're my husband. You've said that you're his father. So I, I need you. And, you know, and all this started happening I just forgot all of that. I mean, I would love to tell you, you know, that I didn't, but I just forgot all that. And I just took, it was always my fault. It was my fault. Well, you know, I didn't live faith in the, in, enough for him. You know, he's not crying out to God enough. And so, you know, this that's my fault. I didn't, I didn't do that enough in his presence. You know, I forgot about the whole thing about how his personality, he's going to keep all of those things about God very close to his heart. He's not going to be talking about that. He's not going to be quoting scripture out loud to me, you know, like I would do to him. And I forgot all about that. You know, all that it took me all these years to learn about him, I had forgotten all about So it was all my fault. And I didn't have enough faith. You know, I was too hard on him. Oh, I I was too, I babied him too much. Or I should have made him more dependent on me. So now that he could be dependent on God, I, you know, took him to McDonald's too many times and now he eats junk food and I shouldn't have let him read Harry Potter. And I, you know, should have made him read, you know, Mere Christianity a third time before he left for college, you know, all these ridiculous things that I'm thinking and I'm blaming myself for what's going on. And, you know, that's what we do. I think, you know, it's just kind of like I'll suffer. I'll even watch other people in my family, my close friends, and I'll believe and I'll have faith for them. But when it's my kid, that is like, that is the worst, you know, that is the worst. And so I went on like that for a couple months, just blaming myself and just really ripping myself up. And I I didn't do that to him. Um, I, I, you know, was very positive with him, but inside, you know, I didn't believe it. You know, I was like, this is all my fault. Until finally, one day, I was thinking about it and I was praying. I was like, you know what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? God, this is your problem. This is your problem. And, and the thing about it is, God, you've made me all these promises. You told me that, you know, if you train up your child in the way he should go, he will not depart from it. And you told me, you know, for I know the plans I have for him says the Lord, and that was prayed over him and I was spoken over him. And you told me that you would never leave or forsake him. And you told me that he was going to be successful, that you had this awesome plan. And so you made all these promises to me, God. So guess what? This is your problem and you need to fix it. And you know, when I said those words, I felt like the Lord just said, oh, finally. You're finally going to take your hands off of this. Well, hallelujah. Because you know what, Sherry, you're right. I did make you promises about him. I did make you promises about his life and I am working on his behalf and I am going to keep every single promise that I have made to him. And I've got something that is so good for him, you cannot imagine. But all you see is that it didn't work out the way that you thought it would. It didn't work out the way that he thought it would. You need to trust me. And he was right. And so from that day forward, you know, I'm like, I, I would, you know, feel this worry, this angst come up. And I'm like, nope, nope, God, he's yours. He's your problem. He is your problem. So that went on about, you know, he he finally got the wound healed, I guess, in September, went on a great trip with a buddy, came back the end of October, and, you know, he graduated in August, so he has been applying for jobs all over the country for, for months, never hearing a word back. Um, I mean, New York, you know, whatever, he, he you know, he's a writer, so he wants to be in the writing field, and, and for him, it's basically, am I going to go the publishing house, you know, type agent, you know, editor, whatever route, or his father is in... On politics, like, and so he there's that part of it, you know. I, he he thought it was kind of romantic to think about, you know, being a speechwriter or a communicator for a politician. So um, we get to about December, and he'd already told me he's like, "Mom, you know, look, if I don't have a job, you know, by January I'm just going to go to the bookstore and get a job." And I'm like, "That's a that's that's good. You can do that, and you know, you can do that. But you know, God's got something. He's got something." So he applies for this job. In the um, with the governor of the state of Texas in the uh, constituent communications department, he applied for it. By the next day, they had set up an interview, and basically by the end, uh, well, by the end of a week or so, they had hired him. Um, it is a job that has got wonderful benefits. The pay is great, especially for a 22 year old. I mean, I certainly did not start up making anywhere near that. Um, It's got room for upward mobility, you know, mobility throughout, you know, the Texas um, legislature, whatever. So I mean, it is like a job that is a was cut out just for my kid, and you know, God, God was faithful. God kept His word. He kept His he kept all of the dreams all of the things all of the promises he kept every last one of them so i just want to say to you today that if you are in a place whether you're struggling physically with little bitty kids or whether you're struggling like i was emotionally and spiritually with a great big kid you know cuz it's hard to make that transition it's hard to it's hard to parent you know it's hard to parent any part i mean i think we would all agree that parenting uh, is the most wonderful complicated fulfilling, terrifying job there is no matter what stage you're in. So I just want to speak that over you as a mom. You know, God chose you to be the mother for your children. He chose you. You have everything that it takes in him to be that kid's mom or those children's mom. And so you need to stand on that. And you need to believe with all of your heart every promise that God has made for you. If you're a single mom, God promises to be your husband. He promises to be your kid's father. He promises that. He promises that he has a plan. He promises that he will never forsake your children. He promises that if you train them in the way they should go, that they will not depart from it when they're all. He promises those things. And you know what? The problem is, ladies, that a lot of times we look at the circumstances we don't remember i mean that's what i did i forget you know i forget about those promises so many that he's made concerning my kid but because i'm looking at the circumstances i'm looking at his broken heart i'm looking at his heart that is shattered in a million pieces because he's so young and he doesn't understand and you forget and god all god requires of us is to stand in faith on his promises because he's faithful and he's good. And the hardest thing to remember, I think, is because is that God loves our kids more than we could ever love them. God loves all of us more than we can love our kids. And I'm telling you, that's a lot because I love him and I love my my other kids, my bonus kids. I love them. You know, it's a bond. I mean, I could I don't have no doubt that I could either kill or maim somebody that tried to hurt one of my kids. I mean, there's there's it's just it's there's no doubt. But even that kind of love. God has a greater, bigger, much more wonderful love for them. So I just want to encourage you today as moms, you can do this. Rely on God, stand on his promises, stand on his word. And then when it gets tough, you just grab on like a bulldog and you just wait to see what God has for your kids because it's going to be great. If he'll do it for my kid, he'll do it for yours. So that's about all I've got for you today. Um, I hope this has been encouraging. Leave me, a, leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know how I can pray for you. Let me know what's going on in your parenting world because, you know, like we said, it's tough and we need each other. We need to come together collectively and, um, you know, encourage each other and stand with each other and pray for each other. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, thanks so much for listening and share it. Tell your friends about it. And I will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.